Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up? After Buzz's new Amsterdam season two, episode one premiere night. So much happened in this episode. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's going on, everyone? Hey, hey, hey I'm hey, Swag. Hey, yes, sir. I'm hey, Swag. Hey. What's up, After Buzzers? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the new Amsterdam After Show. I am your host, Tyler Tyson, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Ricky Vitucci. What's going on, everyone? You know, we are bringing you guys the latest in the new Amsterdam world, and so much happened on this very first episode. I mean, there's a new baby. Somebody else might be having a baby. There was a death of a main character, and we're going to get to all of that. But first, what were your thoughts on the overall episode? Great start. Okay. Great start. A lot of drama, a lot of questions answered that uh, we got left with a bunch of cliffhangers at, at the end of season one. Um, I was thoroughly impl- I was thoroughly pleased with the outcome of episode one. Yeah, episode one. This is the thing that I love about this show. The moment it starts, it grabs you. For sure. I am somebody, you have to get me immediately because I think I have ADD or something. Yeah. So if you don't get me, you lose me. For sure. I mean, season one, they got me episode one. Yep. And they did not let me down this episode. They're doing a great job. So jumping right into everything. I mean, I guess we kind of did like a little top three while yeah. we were sitting outside. Yeah. And one of the things that's on... That I guess on both of our top threes was the fact that the doctor, uh, Kapoor? Kapari. Kapoor. No. no. Kapoor. Kapoor. We'll get it eventually. Sorry, no, no. Dr. Kapoor. Dr. Kapoor. You were right. It was the sorry. fact that he spent the entire episode with this patient and he was trying to figure out what and why her medicine was not working for her rheumatoid arthritis. For sure. She had been prescribed all this medication that she had been taking all of these years. None of it was working. Yeah. Only to find out it was a tooth. Which just goes to show you that doctors need to search outside of the box instead of conventional yes. medicine. It's not always by the textbook. You know, there's there's so much there's so much bacteria, there's so many things that could go wrong and that could happen in the human body as well as in this world, because it's so big and yeah. it's so in depth that people doctors need to just Go further. Well, yeah, and it's not, it's like that's one thing, but then mm-hmm. the other thing is you have to be your own advocate. Just because the doctor says this is what you have, that's not always the case. They no. make a mistake. Exactly. They don't have all of the information. They see hundreds, sometimes thousands of patients. You know, it just, things happen. So if, so if a doctor diagnoses you with something, you should do your own due diligence and be like, you know what? I'm going to get a second of For opinion. For sure. I don't really think that's right. Let me just make sure. And think about it. What does a doctor call his or her? work they call it a practice practice, yeah so even when you become a doctor (laughs) or even if you were a doctor for 40 plus years yeah you're still practicing yeah you know like you don't always doctors misdiagnose a lot of the times not all the time but you know it it it, It like happens happens because they're human beings too like they're not machines that have been like coded with 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 like all these informations right it's not it's 
it's not linear. Yeah. There's so it's many so, different other ways to be going on. Yeah. And, but what I did love is that he never gave up, though, because he had said in the episode, I yeah. if I don't find if I'm by the end of the day, I'll retire. Yeah. And he literally spent the entire day like the sun was setting when he finally stumbled upon what the issue was. And I just I, I don't I have yet to find a doctor that. W- Sorry, and I want to offend all of my doctors, but I have yet to find a doctor that works that hard that says, you know what? I'm not leaving until I figure out what's wrong with you. A lot of times they will throw a pill at it, yeah. give you a prescription and send you on your way. And yeah. they're on to the next or they're on to vacation or they're on to wherever else. So I, I love I love how they've created these characters in the show and all of these doctors. If you think about it, they're all the same. Okay. They're all very similar. Mm hmm regarding going that extra 10 miles to find a cure or to find the root cause of what's really going on with the patient. That's every doctor. That's Max. That's Dr. Sharp. That's the psychologist. I mean, that's every doctor. They're they're so dedicated to the patient, which is how it should be when you go into that field, that... They they all do it. Yeah. They all all of that staff under Max is like he's love, molded the perfect doctor staff. <laughs> I, I just love this entire group of individuals. Like like you said, the way that the story is written, you are so connected to the characters. Now I might not know all of their names because that's a lot of people, mm. but every last one of them, I love every last one yeah. for a particular reason or yeah. another. Now the doctor. Once again, I just said I'm horrible with these names. Yeah, yeah. But the doctor that had the moment with the intern. Oh, man. Um, I, I can't think yeah, of his name. Yeah. But the thing that I love, though, is that he basically, without knowing anything about the intern, he had told the doctor that was under him, go ahead and fire him um, because he was late and he's been kind of not attentive to everything that's going on. He Dr. Says, Reynolds. Dr. Reynolds. He was like, every time I go, I look for this guy, I always have to find him. He's never on time. And Dr. Reynolds was like, oh, well, you have my permission to let him go. Only for that intern to then come and approach him while he's doing his operation and like plead his he, case. He fi- but he flexed on him too. He did. He, he said, I'm coming him. for your job. He said, I'm coming I'm, for you. I am that good that I'm I got the nicest hands. He goes... <laughs> No, the funny thing is, so we were watching this right before, and the moment he said that, both of us were like, ooh, yeah. like, it was one of those moments. Yeah. yeah, he was flexing hard. I was like, yo, but I'm an intern. But I love that moment because, as you said earlier, it, I really think he saw himself in that, that intern. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was giving him, he gave him another shot um, because I honestly feel like when someone's speaks like that I don't know it's like they do have confidence but then they may be insecure about some like things Mm -hmm. but it was something about him that he showed a lot of confidence that he was really good at what he's going to be able to do soon Um, and I just think that's just a doc I think that's who Dr. Reynolds is as you see again all the doctor staff the staff here under Max is like very caring yeah. and like they like giving second chances or going the extra mile mm-hmm. or or um just they're giving their all we'll see the, giving it their all right well, remember in season one though first day, day one he fired the entire cardiology department yeah so i mean he the, shook him the people that were left are the people that supposedly care and i think that's why we're seeing everyone have that same level of caring for their patients. Like, they will just go the extra mile and then the extra, extra mile for their I patients. I believe he also fired Dr. Reynolds, too. He did. 
Because he was in the he was yeah. in that cardiology yeah. group, and and Doctor Reynolds, I forget because it was season one, but they had a moment. Yep. And oh, he went to his office yep. while he was packing up, and they yes. had a moment in Doctor Reynolds' office, and he was like, "No, nah, you're not fired." Yeah. And he's like, "You're actually going to be over the cardiology yeah. department. He's so, gonna be the head." Yeah. So I mean, but my point—they're cut from the same cloth. They're the same type of individual. They both care about their patients. They go above and beyond. And I think we're seeing Dr. Reynolds exhibit that same type of caring towards that intern. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So I have the biggest highlight in the entire show. I'm going to save it for a little bit later. All right, all right. I just want to ask you, who is your favorite character on the show? I have mine. I, I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna say Max. Okay. I'm gonna say Max because Max, I see myself in Max if I were a doctor. Okay. I feel like he obviously is always in the patient's best interest, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't like Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like Oh, that. we know you don't like. Listen, if y'all ever get to hang out with my buddy to my left, he will go in on Big Pharma for like ten minutes, and, like and and facts. He like is, I'm, he is coming for Big Pharma. I'm spitting facts, <laughs> and it, and and this is not a bash. It's just there's so much more to health mm-hmm. than a drugs, yes. than a pill, yeah. and that's my only fight. Yes, is that it's not only that, and I feel like Big Pharma. And the FDA mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. They, they dictate yes. the medical journal. Mm-hmm. And these poor doctors, they don't really know more than what they're taught. Yeah. So they only know so much. But you're going to shed some light on that but, in our special segment. Though. Right. Yes. But, Stay tuned. but the reason why I like Max is because he, he feels that way. He's fighting like, he's like, no, it's just in this like episode. He was like. For one vial of insulin, it was twenty one dollars. Initially, now it's over two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for one vial. Yeah, like how do you expect patients to get better if if you want to feed them drugs? Yeah, like, they don't. They, and it's so sad that this is what the world is is starting to go towards or has gone towards. Mm-hmm. But I I love Max because of that because he's always fighting for the patient's best interest. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I I have two. It's hard for me to pick one. Yes, I love Max and Reynolds. Those are my two favorites. Yep. I see myself in both of them. Uh, I feel Max is in his head a lot. Yep. Um, which I am too. He puts everyone else kind of before his needs. Of course. Just like I do. Yeah. Um, but then of course, obviously, there are similarities between Reynolds and myself. Uh, upbringing and you put a lot of thought into your family and all of that stuff. So it's just those are my two favorites. I just. I love Max. I think he has a heart of gold. I think he has an unorthodox way of doing things sometimes, but it's always in the best interest for everyone else, even if it means not in the best interest for myself. He's a he's he's not a selfish person. He's an unselfish person, and that's what I love. I feel like the whole staff is the the whole except for the uh, chick. I was just about to say <laughs> I don't know her name, but what uh, the the one that's like over. The financial part of the entire hospital. No, the older I was, lady. That's who I'm thinking. Of. I was gonna say. Um, I was going to bear with us, y'all. It's episode one now. Come on, y'all. I dare you to spit out all the name, all the character <laughs> names. Oh uh, man, I am blanking. Uh, Janet Montgomery, Doctor Bloom. Oh, the girl who flew out of yeah, yeah, yeah. the Dr. of. Oh, see, I'm the thinking windshield. someone else. Okay. No, I feel like because she was on like Adderall, she was taking a lot of. 
prescription drugs, and mm-hmm. I felt like she wasn't fully there as as a doctor. Okay, I can I I can halfway see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she's also the one that will like be the last person in the OR, like working on someone. She will, as you saw with Max and and uh, George, Georgia. Yep, she at the house, like she's going in. Like that's true. She she that's, is that. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. also true, true, she's true. also very unorthodox, like Max, and she's gonna do whatever it takes to save someone's life, even if it means putting herself in harm's way. Remember, there was another episode in season one where someone they thought had like um, Ebola or some type of African virus or something. It was the African guy, and she Kid. and she went in the room. She didn't have on all of the that's proper. True. That's like, very she's true. That doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. Just true, to true, save true. his true. life. Yep, so, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. But I was thinking of the one that that she's the older lady she's always getting on max about finances when he said that he was splitting from the pharmaceutical company and she like went in like that's a big oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yep. the one that i don't well she's like. agenda right yeah she has a she has an agenda she's working with big pharma she's in charge of the i think the whole hospital yeah so you cut ties with i mean that's a 35 million dollar she's a billion dollar but they're stuck but they but they pay i believe they pay like 35 million dollars a year for this one oh for the um drug yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. so that's like if you're the business yeah that's how you have to take a look at it that's that's like the that's like the most effed up part is like you're (laughs) you have you're in a hospital the hospital is there to help patients to help save people's lives Mm -hmm. to help make people better but then you have certain parts of the hospital that are you know the hospitals is a business, business. Money. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's a business for to sure. me I equate hospitals they are in the same almost in the same boat as churches um, because explain that well, I'm because, so interested <laughs> you know I always have an excuse because the, the church is supposed to be there to help the community uplift people when they're down be that that beacon of hope when you're like really down and all of that but at the end of the day it's a business so yeah they want your money yes they have to keep the lights on yes they have to feed all of that takes money hospitals to me are in the same boat yes they're there to help they're there to make us feel better it's supposed to be this place where if you can't go anywhere else to get um um, any type of what's the word I'm looking for you can't get any type of um, medical treatment you you can go to the hospital and get this done but at the same time it's a business so at the same time yeah they are beholden to Big Pharma because they need that contract they need to be able to like have that connection it's all tied in together and it sh- I don't feel like it should be. I it feel like be. I feel like it should be about people's health it should be if someone needs something we should be able to get them the help that they need and be done with it. It's unfortunate that it's not that way now because I feel as if it's population control. Mm. If everyone was sick, if everyone was taking longer to pass, I feel like this world would be overpopulated. So I feel like that is their... Think it's about tr- no, it. No, it's the truth. Think I'm, about I'm, it. I'm sad because you're telling the truth. Think about it. Yeah. You know? Well, the, is- the, the, okay, the hospitals are there for people who are sick. They're there for emergencies. They are there to truly help people, but they're not there essentially to cure. True. You know what I'm saying? But, okay, so let's have some of the conversation. I know we have the special segment. Y'all yep. have to stay tuned for that. But some of the conversation that we had outside in the yep. hall when we were talking about the reason why 
they throw a pill at a situation. Mm. The reason why, unfortunately, some doctors, some hospitals, some medical agencies are not really trying to find the root of the problem because we need you to be on fill-in-the-blank type of medication because we need this cycle to continue. How the FDA, big pharma, hospitals, some of our politicians are all in bed together to keep this cycle going. Yep, They're not trying to heal anyone it's it's a business for people to be sick it is and but that's why i i love max and that whole staff is because i feel and if if you pay attention to the words and their their lines Mm -hmm. they hint of like there's other ways to find to help these people besides a drug or a treatment Mm -hmm. if you listen to all their verbiage it's treatment or therapy yes there's no you're cured like if it's a bacteria just just to take an antibiotic mm-hmm. and you're done it's always they always say treatments and therapies yeah but i feel like max when the treatments or the therapies aren't working they always the that whole staff goes be above and beyond to trying to go around the box and seeing what's on the other side and if they could come up with another way to help out a patient like um, Doctor um, Castro is that the um, she's the gr- she's the girl who helped cure or is, or is helping cure oh, Max backs. of yes, 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 the yes, cancer yes, yes. with precision mm-hmm. chemo. Mm-hmm. And so instead of doing chemo in the whole body I- intravenously, right? They do a specific, a specific. I think it's like a laser, right? And it's only hitting which that one, makes which makes perfect sense. sense. Yes. Makes perfect sense. And that's what should be going on. Yeah. I feel like that is technology that may be coming out. Because mm-hmm. if it's in here, it's... if you can think about it, it's a possibility. Yes. Yeah. So maybe they know something that I don't know. So maybe for cancer, there is... Hopefully. It's probably in the um, trial mm-hmm. phases where they're trying to see if precision chemo actually works works i hope so because that's smart i mean if i had in max's case he has throat cancer if i'm not mistaken yeah it makes sense for you to only target this you don't need to i don't need to be in a whole situation where my brain and the other organs in my body are exposed to this radiation like why would i do that yeah so it only makes sense it's the old method right you know they, they didn't know any better yeah so you know i it's 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 a beautiful thing because this medical staff is max and everyone max and company um, is is just is the is the medical staff that I pray to when that day comes if that day comes and I need a doctor for, for something serious mm-hmm. that I get somebody like Max and company. Well, let's I'm gonna come back to Max because we're not done talking about Max just yet. Mm-hmm. But the psychologist, um, yeah. Once again, yep. name leaves me, but he was walking around with no shoes. If you watch the episode, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the fact that he, Doctor Fromm. Dr. Fromm, he go he is another one. Goes above and beyond. Yeah, that to whole help staff. His patient. Yeah. It's it's he could almost have a show by himself. Yep. Um, because the the patients that he sees from a psychological standpoint is so detailed. Like I remember when he was dealing with the gentleman that was having PTSD because he watched his friend pass away or something like that in a nightclub, and his brain had created this whole scenario, but he had to literally get him to a place where he can actually accurately remember what happened and he saw 
you know, the guy actually saved his life. So I just feel, and in this episode, he was dealing with a gentleman that was having issues with his mom. His mom. His mom had basically ignored him his whole life, and he had acted out, and he was doing all of these things to get her attention. And he basically said, "You, I, I was a ghost. I didn't even exist. That's so sad. That's so sad. But then again, Dr. Fromm is someone that you want yeah absolutely. a doctor that you want to come into contact with someone he fights who for his genuinely yeah. fights for your patients and genuinely cares for your well-being yeah and i feel like nowadays a lot of doctors are agenda driven so dr from also said in this episode with his husband yep um that he wants another child wants to adopt another child right they already have three like four they, they have like three or four yeah. they have enough and he wants another one and they're already like juggling time and all of this other stuff smart idea yes or no no <laughs> no thought put into it huh no and just straight to it well because he already has three he barely, <laughs> his husband's not going to be able to take care of another kid that's four that's four, four that's th- four or five kids yeah that's a lot of children yeah. And you're not home a lot. Not home at all. That's, that's, that's the other thing about this. He's so, not thinking of his husband. The thing that another thing that I like about this uh, show is not only did I at one point in my life thought I was going to be a doctor, but it shows you how much they really sacrifice because they oh, absolutely. they have no life like no. um, uh, the doctor. Kapoor. Kapoor. He was talking about how smells and scents and being able just to go out and enjoy life. He has not been able to do that in however many years he's been practicing. And he's like, well, at least if I retire, I can actually go out here and live while I'm still able to move and function. And it's like, wow, if I had gone down that road, would that have been my life? I don't want that. Well, obviously. Then it's it's not meant to be. Yeah. I feel like doctors, you have to... You have to really love it. You have to really want it because it's like anything else. It's like being an athlete. You know, yeah, they're in a hospital, but like you're on the road a lot. Yeah. You're traveling a lot. You're yeah. working a lot. When you're in season, you barely see your family. Mm-hmm. It's like the doctors. You know, they dedicate their at least 12 hour shifts. It's 12 hours day a day, in day, day in and day out. And it's nonstop. It's, it's non-stop. like especially if you're in a hospital, it's yeah. go, 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 go. Yeah. So you, you have to be as of a certain you have to be cut from a certain cloth to become a doctor. Because you have to be able to have the stomach mm-hmm. to be a doctor. Because you, you see do. some gruesome things. You definitely do. You learn about the human body inside and out. Yeah. And I am in the best place for me right now. Exactly I was that. Not meant to operate on anyone. No, and yeah. that's and that's and that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that just not your path, and that's yeah. totally fine. So let's talk about Max before we get into our special segment. Yeah. Um, this thing that I'm about to talk about, and y'all already know what I'm about to say, it, it threw, I don't know if it threw you for as big of a loop as it threw me. I literally got up from the table and walked yeah, away. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm done. I quit. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot deal with, I almost used the word, I cannot deal with this show. George is not with us. No. His wife, Georgia, died in the car crash. Well, the ambulance crash um, from season one at the end of season one, the cliffhanger. She didn't make it. This entire episode, every time we saw her, she was in it. She was in it. 
and it looked so real but they were they were dropping subtle hints when she would say max the baby's crying it's your turn and he said it's always my turn i it didn't dawn on me why he was saying that until i found out she was dead and and it was gold lit which is like god like heaven very peaceful i just for some reason thought oh it's the morning the sun's coming up like it didn't even dawn on me that there was a different look to the to the actual film of the show if you think about it it's kind of crazy that that she died because if you remember in the finale of season one Mm -hmm. her and max went to the pier where max's sister died or Mm -hmm. he threw the ashes on Mm -hmm. yes and max collapsed Mm. because he was he was sick right yeah yeah so she called the ambulance so she basically called her own death how crazy is that? She called the ambulance to help save Max. They come in route to the hospital. The ambulance gets into a car crash, which then puts her but into even, a car. But you remember season one, she was she went into labor and the contractions were like weird contractions and he had to make a decision where right. to save her and then they had to rush the blood yeah. and all of that. Yeah. All of that still happened. Right. And they're on their way. So they have the, they deliver the baby on the bed. They manage to get the blood there in time. They save her, Dr. Uh, Sh- Sharp. Sharp, and then the other... There was another one. Uh, Reynolds? No, lady. Oh, the... Um, yeah. Anyway, there were two ladies. Uh, the, the one... Your friend, that doctor... Dr. Did, Sharp. And then the... Dr. Bloom. Bloom, thank you. Both of them were there. Uh, Bloom was with the one that was working on George the entire time. She was the one that told Max, like, listen, you have to make a decision if it's going to be your wife or the baby. You can only choose one. And he couldn't make the decision. She said, I will make it for you. Obviously, she chose the, the baby. baby. Yeah. By the time Georgia was really starting to bleed and they thought they were about to lose her, in comes Dr. Sharp with the EMTs. Yeah. They have the blood. They bring her back. Everybody's yeah. happy. We're on our way to the hospital. Boom. Everything's good. I have my baby. Yeah. And I have my wife. Yeah. Everybody's happy. We're in the ambulance. It should be safe now. I should be good. Boom. Accident. Accident. Sharp goes flying. Or no, Bloom goes flying. Yep. Georgia doesn't, apparently, doesn't make it at the hands of this other doctor um, that he's not talking to at the moment. The guy who's, yeah. I just wasn't, I just wasn't ready. I was not ready for her to die. Like, I was ready for, Max has had such a hard I was gonna say horrible but a hard life life, I just wanted something to go right I wanted him to get over this cancer which it looks like he's going through with um it's looking promising with the doctor that's doing the specialized treatment he has his baby the baby's healthy and great which is great and then I wanted his wife and yeah yeah. so Mm. that just really threw me I don't know how y'all feel about it but it it took me out this show is like borderline uh, This Is Us for me. For sure. Like, I'm always it, it on the verge. It feel some type of way. Like, This Is Us gets me to tears. Yeah. This show, like, I get right to the line where it feels like a tear is about yeah. to fall, but it doesn't. When when I saw, well, when we saw that she died, like, I was about to cry. I, listen, I was sitting here like, okay, I cannot cry. I was, I was seriously like, I about cry. to cry. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. Yes. Like, this poor guy. And I was wondering, why does he have the baby at work? That's the other thing. So the entire season, or the entire episode, 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, George is home. Yeah. Why are you taking the Why baby are you to taking work? The baby? Is she on bed rest? Yeah. Is she not well? Like, what's happening? But yeah. I was like, you know what? Maybe he just wants the baby to be close. I'm going to yeah. just go with it. Yeah. Still didn't think she was dead. Mm. No clue. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's time for us to get into our special segment. So I'm going to let you take it away. Awesome. Oh, is that the noise for the special that segment? That is it. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Our producers are having fun with these sound effects. Uh, okay, so my my, uh, blah, 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 my special segment is called biohacking. So for all of you out there who do not know what biohacking is, it's our body's lovely ability to reverse and prevent disease. So what I'm going to be speaking about is the top three things that you can actually biohack your own body. So the first thing is nutrigenetics. Sorry, nutrigenomics. So what nutrigenomics is, it, it focuses on how how the food you eat interacts with your genes. This popular, although controversial, type of biohacking is found on the idea that your body's total genetic expression can be mapped out and optimized by testing how different nutrients affect your health over time. Mm -hmm. It also looks at how different nutrients affect how you feel, think, and behave. Then there's the DIY biology, which is the do-it-yourself. Right. It's a type of biohacking spearheaded by people with education and experience in scientific fields. These biohackers share tips and techniques to help non-experts conduct structured experiments on themselves outside of a controlled experimental environment like labs or medical offices. And then the third way is called a grinder. Grinder is a biohacking subculture that sees every part of the human body as a hackable part of the body. In general, grinders seek to become cyborgs by optimizing their bodies with a combination of gadgets, chemical injections, implants, and anything else that can put into their body to make it work the way they want it to work. Hmm. So it's like you putting in like a chip, like a robot to like... Right. Time to upgrade. Right. (laughs) But the first one that you said, I read now that one, I wholeheartedly am like all for because I feel like our our whole existence, the things that we put in our body, it does determine. Absolutely. How we feel. It does determine like how our body responds. Everything. Everything comes to what you're putting in your body or on your body. You want to eat electric rich, electric rich foods. Mm. So like greens and yes, fruits yes. and not too many things that are dead and, and cooked. Yes. Uh, because we're electric beings. We're vibrant beings. So if we're eating things that are constantly dead, what is that going to make you feel? That and then also uh, I just talked, to, uh, I think it was yesterday, about how our bodies don't know how to break down all these processed foods so it's like our bodies know how to break down butter yes we know butter is not the healthiest thing for you yes we know sugar isn't the healthiest thing for you but our bodies know how to break that down when we start getting into artificial sugars and we start getting into the margarines and these artificial butter like substances that aren't real butter our bodies don't know how to break that down so then the struggles come along these high cholesterols come along cancers and all this other random illnesses that we can't seem to pinpoint where they come from. Well, that's because you're putting all these science fair project type crap yep. in your body. And know this, that cancer is a, a it's, it's, 
we are, are we are all born with cancer cells. Mm-hmm. It's when or if they get like activated. Right. So you would like to not eat things that could potentially make you activate the cancer cell. And how a cancer cell gets activated is by acidity levels. Mm-hmm. If your body is in a constant state of acidosis, <sighs> then you will eventually at some point get some form of sickness. Oh, and gosh. Yeah, it's just an acidic environment it's just a damaged cell cancer is a damaged cell well, well don't bring my blood pressure up on this show now because well, now you, i'm all anxious and nervous about well, what, you I'm, be. what i'm eating and everyone should be oh, more not, more conscious of what they're putting in or on their body um, it's a science think about it it's chemical a chemist doesn't are go y'all stressed out <laughs> he is low-key stressing me out now the show already stressed me out and now you're stressing me out I'm, about what i'm eating i'm bringing good information to the people people need to hear this they do no they do if you want to live a, if you care about your body the most at the utmost and you have the utmost respect for your body then you want to hear this your body is a machine that could do anything when given the proper things yes and that it all stems from nutrition I don't like calling it a diet because it has the word die in it. Mm-hmm. I like to maybe call it a live like it. Yeah. Let's live it. This mm-hmm. is my live it plan. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, something else before we um, do our predictions and everything. You mentioned. Don't forget the top three. I, I thought, I, okay. I thought I kind of, I went through my top three a oh, little bit. A, but, uh, okay, but, cool. But, you know. Sweet. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I was about to, not even for you. I was about to Sorry. say. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, oh, you were talking about doctors and how much studying they actually have for nutrition. Oh, yeah. With all this talk about nutrition, it's weird slash sad. It's sad. How much doctors actually know about nutrition. Tell the people. Doctors, and this is a fact, because I recently was just on set with an ex-neuroscientist. She was went to UCLA to study. And do you know that doctors... Are only they only have nine hours of nutrition studies. Mm. They only cover nutrition nine hours of their whole so curriculum. All that school, all the residency, it's all, all body, of and it's it. all medicine. They did not. They only had nine, nine hours. hours of nutrition. Nine so they don't, so just like we're having this know. conversation about food and how important it is and how it impacts your body and all of this, they've only studied nine hours. They've worth. only studied nine hours worth and. To all fairness of the doctors, it's not their fault. It's, no, it's the curriculum. But it's the curriculum. As, and, I, and I asked you when you told me that, well, who and why is the curriculum only at nine hours? Who sets the curriculum? This, who sets the <laughs> curriculum is your big friends, Big Pharma, the FDA, and the Department of Justice. All in together, like Those I three said. set the curriculum, like and that's I a said. fact. Yeah. Because they literally just said it in this episode I, and that's like I said they're all in bed together so unfortunately it is a business for us to be sick sickness disease is a is a business the more people that are sick the more they make money and I feel like doctors nowadays and that this is from people that I know and even podcasts that I hear doctors nowadays are leaning more towards the holistic side of things because they see such great evidence in food and food heals yeah it does well speaking of healing and food this has been an amazing conversation we want to know what are your predictions for upcoming your after buzz tv predictions all right my predictions this is a tough one is that in episode two we see i actually i'm not gonna lie 
I can't. <laughs> you can't do a prediction? I can't. I was hoping. See, I'm listen, I'm leaning on you because I'm like, I can't come up with a prediction. I can't. This is There's, a hard this show is a to hard, predict. It's not even that it's a hard show. It's just how it left off, how it left me off. I'm not going to sit up here and lie and just be like, well, I'm going to produce. Yeah, like, I have no clue. Like, I am just, they just threw us for a loop. Yeah, like the last. I honestly have no idea. The last two minutes of the episode was when we found out she was dead. Yeah. So they left us with, boom, the person that you've been watching this entire episode, dead. That's how they left us. I got it. Here's okay. my prediction. <laughs> Dr. Sharp and Max... Their little thing that everyone suspected, now that the wife has passed, I feel like at some point during this season, they're going to date and they're going to get together. Okay. I'll, That's I'll, my prediction. And it just came to me. My minor little prediction is I don't want Reynolds and Evie, I think her mm-hmm. name is, I don't want them to get married. I don't like them together. Really? Nope. I think they're so cute together. They might be cute, but I don't want them together. Why? I don't know. I just don't. I don't. Something about it isn't right. I okay. feel like he's, I don't know. I feel like he's going with it, but he's not all the way in. So do you think he still likes Bloom? We'll see. We'll see what <laughs> happens in episode two. So uh, tell the people where they can find you and all of that great stuff. You can find me on all social media platforms at Ricky Vitucci. And of course, you can get your entire life following me on all social media at The Tyler Tyson. Make sure you guys jump in those comments. We will shout y'all out on the next show. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week right here after Buzz TV. Later, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.